the $130 billion price tag for Cardinal Present fraud, Neiman Marcus settles a lawsuit for a 2013 breach, and a German teenager behind the release of Politician's PII. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. With the continued shift of retail from physical to digital stores, Cardinal Present transactions continue to grow, and along with them, unsurprisingly, Cardinal Present fraud. According to Juniper Research out of the UK, CNP fraud will cost retailers globally around 130 billion US dollars between 2018 and 2023. I spoke with Stefan Sorrell, a principal analyst with Juniper Research and author of the study, and I asked him, is this growth in fraud outpacing the growth of online and mobile retail transactions? And if so, what is behind it? So, Stefan, $130 billion is a significant amount of money. But uh, we're talking about, obviously, very large transaction volumes here as well. So what are we looking at in terms of maybe the, the compound annual growth rate for that period? And then, you know, is, is that accelerating compared to where we are to date? We're looking at the... Um the year-over-year year value. I mean, the compound annual growth of, of this uh, CNP or card not present fraud is growing at um, roughly 14.5% every year, which is uh, certainly accelerating uh, as we look at, at the market each year. I mean, there are several factors uh, contributing it. For example, the US has moved over to the EMV standard, so that's protecting the card present space. And in turn, fraudsters are looking at the online space now. In other markets, the e-commerce space is developing, and this has in turn created a, an opportunity for, for fraudsters to take advantage of. So it is growing at a pace that is outpacing just the overall growth in card not present transactions then? Yes, I would say so, yeah. Okay. So what are the factors behind this increase? I suppose the, the, the main one is is the fact that fraudsters are, are now becoming a lot more complex in their approaches. And, and I think essentially uh, e-commerce retailers are not really prepared for what's happening right now. I mean, on the one hand, you've got a large amount of organized crime uh, where fraudsters are using very complex techniques, a cross-channel fraud targeting, first of all, perhaps the call center, uh, various the mobile channel uh, and various other elements of the victim in order to then gain sensitive information, which they can then use to effectively steal money. On the other hand, the e-commerce markets or, or merchants themselves are, from a general perspective, are, are reluctant to, to spend quite high levels of, of revenue in preventing that fraud because they view fraud uh, as, in many areas, something that is just part of doing business. Whereas in actual fact, if they apply a multi-layered fraud solution, then that not only offers the opportunity to reduce the amount of fraud taking place, but will also increase the, the amount of revenue they're receiving. I mean, at the moment, if they have a simple fraud solution that just will block any suspicious transaction, a lot of those transactions will be false positives, for example. So if they're just looking at fraud at the point of transaction, that's become ineffective, essentially. Or not to say ineffective, but far less effective than it, than it was a few years ago. Right now, it's all about identifying who the genuine customers are before they've even attempted any fraud. So in that way, that you can help prevent fraud against both this organized crime, uh, where multi, multi-channel fraud is taking place, as well as more traditional fraud mechanisms where identity may be stolen or synthetic ID, identity may be used. 
You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. In the current era of ransomware, synthetic identities, and critical infrastructure cyber attacks, straightforward card data breaches of the past seem a long way in the rearview mirror. However, as news relating to the 2013 Neiman Marcus card data breach this week demonstrates, the hangover of these attacks still continues to this day. To tell us more, here's ISMG's Managing Editor of Security and Technology, Jeremy Cook. 43 states have reached a settlement with Neiman Marcus over its 2013 data breach, which was one of several breaches from that period blamed on card-scraping malware. Neiman Marcus must pay the states $1.5 million. It must also put in place security measures to protect plain text cardholder data, such as using encryption and tokenization. Neiman Marcus revealed the breach in January 2014, just a few weeks after Target said malware scraped upwards of 40 million payment card details. The breaches marked a new era of clever and determined attacks aimed at compromising card details. The malware was active at Neiman Marcus between July and October 2013, affecting some 370,000 payment cards. It doesn't appear the retailer revealed the type of malware that infected its systems, but security experts at the time believed it to be similar to that which hit Target. That type of malware, known as a RAM scraper, captures card data while it's still in the memory of -of point-of-sale systems. Target was believed to have been affected by a RAM scraper dubbed Kartosha, or Potato in Russian. That malware is also called Black POS. Six class action suits were filed against Neiman Marcus as a result of the breach. Five were voluntarily dismissed. In the last suit, a federal court in Illinois in September decertified the settlement class, and no settlement is pending. When the breach occurred, Neiman Marcus believed its systems actually exceeded PCI requirements. Although PCI is far from foolproof, the advent of memory-scraping malware meant defenders could not necessarily rest easy that their systems were secure after a clean audit. As part of the settlement, Neiman Marcus is required to continue to ensure it complies with PCI. It also must have two forensic firms on retainer to investigate incidents, and one of those companies must not have been involved in helping with PCI compliance. On the technology front, Neiman Marcus is required to implement EMV-capable systems. The agreement also requires the retailer to ensure that if payment card data is captured, it is unusable. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. While we live in an age of sophisticated state-sponsored and organised criminal cyber attacks, every now and again the well-worn trope of the disenfranchised teenage hacker in their parents' basement becomes a reality. This is exactly what happened in Germany in the last week, with a 20-year-old confessing to publicly releasing sensitive data on numerous German politicians and celebrities. Here's ISMG's executive editor, Data Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz, with more. Police in Germany say a 20-year-old student has confessed to leaking personal details, including private mobile phone numbers, children's pictures, and chat discussions stolen from a 1,000 German politicians, celebrities, and journalists. Victims include German Chancellor Angela Merkel, among many others. Germany's interior minister, in a press conference this week, defended the government's efforts to investigate the data leak, saying cybersecurity agencies reacted quickly and thoroughly. In their favor, government ministers also don't appear to have rushed to attribute the attacks to a foreign power, as so many politicians typically do. Initially, however, police were slow off the mark. They thought the data leaks, which began happening in December, were isolated events. 
The attacker initially began leaking data about celebrities on December 1st, 2018, followed by new leaks every day in the style of an advent calendar. Come December 20, however, he began leaking information about politicians as well. German police on Sunday detained a 20-year-old student who they say confessed to the data theft and leakage the next day. The suspect also says he was self-trained and he appears to have been acting alone. The suspect has not been named. On account of his age, he will be tried in juvenile court where he faces up to three years imprisonment. Authorities say all of the stolen information appears to have been compiled in part by the suspect exploiting people's weak password choices for their social media accounts. Reportedly, the suspect bragged about his crimes to a 19-year-old fellow German via the encrypted messaging platform Telegram, but he reportedly used his own phone number to register for the service, making him easy for authorities to trace. The 19-year-old is now serving as a witness, police say. There are a few big-picture takeaways from this case. First, security experts have told me that the case could, unfortunately, reinforce stereotypes in the corporate world that the majority of hackers, or most damaging attacks, are being perpetrated by teenagers living in their parents' basement. If so, that could lead to continuing underinvestment in information security processes, practices, procedures, technology, and also personnel. That would be a mistake. For starters, that's because attacks like these mask the large number of attacks that we don't know about and which are committed by more advanced hackers who are able to cover their tracks. Notably, in this case, the attack and the attacker were noisy, as we've seen in previous splashy attacks designed to draw attention, such as the early days of Anonymous or the LulzSec attacks in 2011. By calling attention to themselves, the attackers alerted police to their very presence but not all online attackers are so conspicuous. Indeed, businesses can expect to be targeted not just by bored teenagers, but also nation states, organized crime, or anyone with a political message they might want to get across. Just like the alleged German suspect, these attackers can exploit widespread weaknesses to steal data for financial, political, or espionage gain, or to leak data in an attempt to undermine an institution, or even democratic systems. Unlike teenagers or students who boast about their hacking exploits, however, more advanced attackers might take advantage of the same basic flaws or failings, but not tip their hand. For organizations that need to defend themselves against attackers, if they can't stop a self-trained 20-year-old who's angry with politicians, it's a sure bet that they're no match for organized crime, never mind nation-states. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time. <laughs>